Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live from the International Wellness Conference in Galveston, Texas, welcome to Cluthy and Company. She's been called the Queen of Enlightenment, and we're ready for her wisdom today. Her latest book is titled Inner Peace for Busy People. Our guest is Joan Borisinko. 52 Simple Strategies for Transforming Your Life. Uh, Joan, uh, thank you for joining us on uh, Wisdom Radio. You're welcome, Scott. You know, it's uh, first I want to acknowledge the, the way that you share in this book, uh, regardless of uh, all the different material we'll talk about, so much from your personal experience. Because in your story of, well, I drop this and I forget and I do that, you know, it really gives me a sense of, it's not so much, it really gives me a sense of uh, being with you and also partnering on my own journey. Of That's that right. I forget and that I do it wrong and that, you know, that I blame myself and catch myself and, you know, all those things that we do. So your, your personalization is, it, I mean, you're really sharing the, the real details. Well, I'm just as neurotic as the next person, <laughs> and I think that's reassuring to people. Sometimes when you read yes. a book and the author seems to be perfect, then you really can't relate, and you can't right. say, well, this is a real person just like me with the same kind of nutty thinking that I have. And I always tell people, if I can manage to lead a happy life in spite of my genetics and my inherent nuttiness, so can they. And, you know, it's, it's uh, especially apropos to this kind of book about, uh, about the stress of modern life, of the, of the email, the faxes, the, you know, the cell phone technology that gets you back, you know, the 150 channels, digital downloading, the, you know, the stress that we've created in our culture in many ways and how that, it, we allow it to start to take over and how these, these, pathways, these 52 stories and examples are avenues to start to take and reclaim yes. a stress-free life. You can actually live a stress-free it. life. Well, it's possible. Well, it's possible. I don't think it's possible to live a stress-free life, but it's possible to enjoy a certain amount of stress as stimulation and excitement and creativity right. without letting it turn toxic on you. Ah, and, you know, people are really, they're crazy busy. Everybody complains, oh, I have no life. I've squeezed out of my life. Got home, there's 300 emails. I have all these things to do. And what happens, I think, is it makes us irritable. It takes us out of our best self. Mm-hmm. And then the, the way that I, I think of it sometimes is that busyness is truly the assassin of compassion. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. end up with all kinds of toys to play with and things to do and um, lack in kindness and civility and the simple joy of being. And, Joan, you talk about how sometimes we can actually become addicted to busyness. Sure. And and when it's not there, you almost feel like something's missing and you don't know what peace is waiting for you. That's right. And the, you know, the, the problem I think most of us have is that 
we have had very little chance to experience inner peace. And the tendency is to think that we're going to get peace when we get something right in the outside world, when we buy something or when we find our true love or whatever it is. And what happens when we do things like that, for example, you buy something, for a moment you're enjoying it and appreciating it and your mind stops and the peace that's already within you has a chance to come out. So what, you know, the, the ancient wisdom here is peace is already within you. You won't find it somewhere outside. And when you make that shift to realizing, ah, it's there, it's my own true nature, then it's much easier to put the strategies in place that help you connect with that true nature all the time. And the 52 strategies in inner peace for busy people are things that you can add to a life that's already busy. I'm not asking you to get up at four and do Tai Chi and yoga and <laughs> meditate yeah, or make your life more busy. The inner peace shouldn't be a job. It should be a pleasure. It's not supposed <laughs> to be work, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, working at letting go of some of that, right. that stress around it. You know, I, I, um, I think about how what Claire said about sometimes when because of the way we've designed some of our lives around the doing this that we when we don't have anything to do there's it's like something's wrong and I know that that's been for me sometimes present you know and that I have to be doing something and so there's a place there of of uh, looking for you know the not doing and so much of meditation and really prayer and these kinds of things that I'm adding so much more into my life now has naturally allowed me to find the meditation and the prayerfulness in the not ha of having the free time, the free time to just be. But, you know, just being is not something that's really given in our culture. Well, just being uh, drives some people crazy because what happens is you're quiet for a moment and then your mind takes over and eats you up. You've probably noticed this in meditation. I've noticed be this quiet, in my brain. Be, right, and right. then all of a sudden yes. the anxieties, the fears, the difficulties, the obsessions all come up. And so that's why a lot of the strategies in Inner Peace for Busy People are learning how to manage your mind. And because oh, without that, you're never going to want to be. You're just going to want to obsessively right. do to protect yourself from your own you know, inner dialogue of nuttiness. Yes, right. as a matter of fact, one of those strategies you talk about in your book is make the mind your ally instead of your enemy. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And if you look at all of the ancient spiritual practices, they're all similar, Claire, to modern cognitive psychology, that they're based on two principles, awareness of what goes on in your mind. Mm -hmm. And then if you're aware of it, you can make a choice right. to, to do something else. And certainly anyone who meditates know that, knows you sit down and you're going to follow your breathing or repeat a mantra, and instead your mind is reviewing all kinds of things in your life. Your to-do list of your life. To, well, your to-do list and your to-don't list and your what I wish I did list mm. and what, what I, I wish I'd said list. What I could have. Yeah. yeah, who I should have married list and why did I marry <laughs> you list and, you know, everything. <laughs> everything else. And so you have to learn to make the mind your ally. And there are very ancient techniques for learning to do that. But first you have to be aware of what you do and then one of the things that you can notice is you know if, for example you have a strong inner critic and you're always picking on yourself 
to simply notice that and say, well, you know, there it is again. And actually, I have a lot of good characteristics. That's an ancient technique called opposing thought waves, bringing up the opposing thought waves. These days, we would say it would be affirming the opposite. But that's a beginning way of loosening the tyranny of, of that dialogue. Um, humor uh, is something that sometimes, when we're traveling our path of spiritual enlightenment, sometimes <laughs> we forget, you know, or we drop, or we, we uh, sometimes don't value that as much. But I know that one of your, your great friends is maybe you were with her this morning i don't know loretta laroche yeah somebody i call you know. her holiness the jolly llama the, <laughs> the jolly llama has some great you have some pointers some some things that loretta has done in her life in here and one of the one thing she did with her husband would you share about that because i think that's really cute and it's also we don't take ourselves so seriously you know yes. lightening up we have to lighten up right actually loretta and i are working on a series of lectures in a book that we're going to call twisted sister and the fairy godmother really? about the different parts the dialogue together in the minds of women and how we need to really honor both of those parts of the dialogue so that we can get larger than that and let our spiritual self come through. Is that anything like power whining that well, you talk about in your book? See, power whining is a great technique that Loretta talks about. And here's what happens. Sometimes you call a friend in this busy culture, everybody wants to complain and say, I'm so busy, I had to do this, I had to fly to Madagascar for lunch and come back for my son's Pinewood Derby, and everybody is one-upping one another. And, you know, every human being, we just want to be acknowledged, we want to be heard. So Loretta's suggestion is try power whining. And what we would do, Claire, is we would sit together like we are, mm -hmm. and I'd say, Claire, for two minutes, really whine. Tell me just how busy you are and how miserable you are, and I would just listen. Okay. And by the end of the two minutes, you would seem so funny to yourself that you would be hysterical. <laughs> Yes. And then it would be my turn. Okay. And I would realize, you know, as Loretta says, life is a joke and you're it. So you're the you, punchline. You're the punchline. <laughs> so it comes out like that. And it's even better if after the two minutes of power whining, which mm -hmm. also gives you the, the chance to be heard that we all crave so much, then we're heard in a different way to give two minutes to what you're grateful for. We start to take tools like these that you share with people and we start to integrate them into our lives, the ones that work for us, with that where it's fun and it's not work. And I've noticed that some of the ones that I've been integrating in, um, just the other day, I uh, spilled water all over some very important papers while I was in the middle of working. And I looked at it and I started laughing. <laughs> And then I started laughing because I was laughing. Right. And I realized that something was working for me that I didn't know was working for me before. I knew I was integrating some tools, but I think that we get frustrated sometimes because we don't see the effects until something comes up that shows us, yes, you know, there is something here that's moving and happening, even if we don't see it at first. That's so true. E e who was it? It was Shakespeare said, all boats alike show mastery in floating 
until the storm comes. Only then are they obliged to cope. And then you do begin to notice, hey, I've become a little bit more spacious, or I've got a sense of humor, I see things aren't so serious, or yep, when you exaggerate the negative, you see, in fact, it's actually pretty funny. It's just part of life. Our special guest on this Cluthian Company is Joan Borisenko. And we're talking with her about her new book, Inner Peace for Busy People, 52 Simple Strategies for Transforming Your Life. It's published by Hay House, so it's available there also as an audio tape. And we're live at the International Wellness Conference in Galveston, Texas, in the Moody Gardens. This is Scott Cluthy, along with my co-host Claire Applegate. And we'll be right back after this break on Wisdom Radio. Stay with us, won't you? Use your intuition with wisdom. It's uh, one of those well-kept secrets that intuition is what the people at the top of organizations have. The chairman of the board, we call it judgment. The dictionary defines intuition as knowing without knowing how you know. Nine times out of ten, and for me it's been ten times out of ten, it's the right thing to do. It's about getting to a destination without having a road map. I guess one way to trust your intuitions is by keeping track of them. Judgment on people is, I'd say, 80% intuitive. Right now, what I see coming, and what's really driving me now, is a metamorphosis of the human race. A fundamental change. It's almost like the caterpillar and the butterfly. It's the sense I have is that we right now are the caterpillar. Visit our website, wisdommedia.com, and open yourself to a world of intuition. What if you didn't know that poodle rhymes with noodle, or even doodle? So whenever your teacher asked you what rhymes with poodle, you said sheepdog, or even woof. Then when she said, so Billy, what rhymes with woof? You said bark. Then when she said, oh really? You think that woof rhymes with bark? You said bark also rhymes with weeping willow. Next thing you know, your mom, dad, and reading teacher are stopping you all day long to ask you if kitten rhymed with mitten or cat, which is why if you hate being put on the spot as much as I do, you'll be happy to know that with the right help, most kids with learning disabilities can go on to do well in school. Call now, 1-888-478-MIND, to find out what you can do to help your child. Coordinated Campaign for Learning Disabilities. There's no reason to be held back. This message has been brought to you by the Ad Council. You're listening to Cluthie and Company on Wisdom Radio. We're glad you're with us. By the way, if you have a question or comment, you can feel free to call in today live with Joan Borisenko. The number is 800-655-2112. We'd love to talk to you. This is your host, Scott Cluthy, along with my co-host, Claire Applegate. And, uh, you know, Joan, we were actually during the break, you mentioned uh, about since 9-1-1, this, this uh, momentous uh, event and the the disruption in energy it's caused for a lot of people in many ways you know not just financially and physically and so on but emotionally and the uncertainty can cause for people and losing your your bearing and you know um, uh, for a lot of people they've talked about how this is also the a time for them to start to examine what's of value and what do they want one of the tools that you're working with very strongly is music 
That's right. Music to help people become centered and integrated. Talk about it. I didn't know about the CD that you, yeah, you that's produced. That's right. It's tremendous. Well, one of one of my neighbors in Boulder, Colorado, where I live, is Don Campbell, who is really one of the world's experts on sound and healing, music and healing. And he's author of the Mozart Effect and the Mozart Effect for Children books and tapes. And Don never ceases to amaze me in his ability to gather all kinds of interesting information about music, including one study that showed that 30 minutes of classical music was equivalent to taking 10 milligrams of Valium. Oh, You think wow. that is really? an enormous emotional change in terms of bringing forth peaceness. You know, mm. peaceness, there's a new word for you. <laughs> Peacefulness. I could use more peaceness. I mean, peaceness is good. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And so Don and I thought, you know, Anybody, no matter how busy you are, can be listening to music. You don't have to set everything aside, although it's great to listen with that degree of attention. But you can always put on music, whether you're working or whether you're resting. And so we got together and we put together an album of what we thought would be the most really elevating, peaceful, beautiful classical music. And the first piece. The first track is 15 minutes long. It's my favorite piece ever. Ralph Vaughan Williams, The Lark, Lark Ascending. ascending. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And what surprised us about this was how popular the CD has become. It actually hit the Billboard classical bestseller list. Mm -hmm. So we're happy. And a piece for busy people is, uh, is right up there. Now, how do people get your book and the CD and and these well, walk tools. into a bookstore. Well, right? hopefully, most bookstores <laughs> have the book. A lot of bookstores have got the CD by the same right. title, Interpiece for Busy People. Or, of course, I'd prefer that people support their local independent booksellers, but there's right. always uh, the internet, too, online. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. Really, Hay House is, does and a great job of Hay distribution of job. all the materials. They can log on to hayhouse.com and order this book and tape and many of the other inspirational books and tapes too of Hay House. Let's talk about uh, music. Uh, Nonverbal, auditory communication. Uh, you know, and when we talk about the great masters of music uh, and the music they produce, uh, many times it flowed from the, you know, flowed from, if you will, the soul. It just flowed out. It flowed Most out. Most great pieces of music are, seem to be, uh, really are labors of love that it's not even being laborious, but flowing, you know, yes. maybe a little fine-tuning and so on. What does that tell us, Joan, about, as you say, that music can heal. We see that music can be a place of centering and bring us a, center, a, a feeling of wholeness, that music is a balm for the soul. All these things, these, All these things. you know, a cl cliché is not really a cliché. It's just something that's so true as we take it for granted, and music serves in the same way. What does this tell us about music, though? Well... Because music connects us to the source, to the center, to the divine source. For me, the, the whole purpose of life is to recognize that God is everywhere and everything, including in ourselves. So to recognize that inner peace and wisdom and compassion and joy and beauty and pleasure is really what we're doing here. And whenever we're reattached, you know, we have a holy moment and suddenly we're in the now, we're in the present. That sense of joy, of compassion is there for us. 
we gain a little bit of wisdom that helps us carry that out more in our lives. And I think all of us are looking for ways to reconnect to that inner source of peace. And music is a way of doing that. And as you say, a lot of the great composers felt that they didn't compose the music, uh, that they were like an instrument that was being played by something larger, an instrument played by God. Bach said at one point that every note he wrote was a note in celebration of Christ, and that that was the energy that came through him. And so when we hear that music that came, when somebody else was present in their center, when divine inspiration was coming through them, we're drawn into the same mm -hmm. space ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happens. Uh, it's, it's almost like uh, harmonizing, like a Tibetan bowl sounds, and the vibration draws us and entrains us into the same space. We know that uh, uh, in studies with plants and uh, uh, with music, that plants respond and grow and uh, flower much more readily with classical music played continuously. Correct. While, <laughs> as much as I like rock and roll, heavy rock and roll doesn't do that. In fact, it's just the opposite for the plants. So in the same way that uh, of, of, of uh, you might say the life force source beyond just human, animal, plant, but the life force source that seems to be running through all of this creation, music can be a very simple way for our listeners to start to create the environment. You know, if you're finding yourself strung out, stressed, we're talking about inner peace for busy people. You share a lot of music titles and a lot of music for people to look into in the book. Which That's is, right. is what the CD is drawn from, the titles in the book? Are they mostly uh, on the CD? Well, there's a whole lot pieces? of different type of music. Okay. Some, some really great musicians whose music I love a lot are right here at the conference this weekend. We have Soundings of the Planet with Dean and, and Dudley Evanson. And their intention as musicians is to reconnect people to that divine source and mm -hmm. that place of inner peace. Yes. And I recommend their music highly. Mm -hmm. uh, people can look at, at peacethroughmusic.com and they'll find, they'll find many of the titles. And again, it's the intention of the musician yes. as right. well as the beauty of the music itself. Mm -hmm. I think it's so great. Stephen Halpern is somebody I've known for a long time who now, uh, <laughs> I interviewed him over 20 years ago on music at a, at, the, uh, at a Unity Church here in Houston area. And he was doing meditation music and people didn't even, you know, it was only records. Only records were available. But I think it's great now that I have this uh, satellite dish receiver in and they have a channel called Mew Music, and it's Stephen Halpern's music coming out of the mm -hmm. TV now. <laughs> you know, that now that music is living on yes. and, and creating an environment. So we can create an environment and, and, and taking responsibility for our environment mm -hmm. it's and all is very important. One of the little strategies in inner peace for busy people is essentially harmoniously arranging your environment. I know people, for example, you go into their home space, it's very harmonious. You go into their workspace, it's full of dead plants, piles of books, stuff falling over. And that really impinges on the brain in a way that it, it takes away some of your inner peace. I think it draws your attention away. It's a visual, um, like a tractor that pulls your attention away from what is truly inside of yourself. 
And when you were talking about music also, that is something that is a mirror for us of the beauty that is already within ourselves. And so the, even the visual things become, um, uh, I guess, pinpoints for what we might be experiencing on the inside as well. That's right. And so it just takes a little bit of awareness and consciousness of your environment at all those levels around you to have things that really feed you visually, the textures of which feed you, the placement of things. And it's, you know, you don't have to be a feng shui expert to yeah. do this. Just follow your own lead. And even part of that is following your muse that if you're drawn to feng shui, then find what works Absolutely. for you. But if not, then find what works for you because you were, you, you were happy before you heard the word feng shui, right. weren't you? <laughs> and if not, then that's a whole other story. You have the book broken down into different areas and different parts. The, the part one, absolute basic strategies of life, bottom line. It's like sort of the, the uh, elementary school of yes. getting on with de-stressing, right? And finding ha happiness. Part two, strategies for taking care of yourself. Strategies for changing your relationship to time, not being run by time. Uh, strategies for managing your mind. Strategies for developing compassion, kindness, and clear communication. This is now taking our joy and compassion and now sharing it. But again, starting with self, because until we have it, known it, and work with it, how can we share it and really support others with it, right? It's always giving to get. We're <laughs> looking for an answer. And then finally, strategies for creating wisdom and purpose in your life. But let's talk about the rudimentary levels. Uh, save your breath, keep your sanity. <laughs> you know, we, we can't spend a lot of energy uh, with our breath in many ways, can't we? Well, you know, the very basic mind-body skill that's been studied and studied, almost everybody knows, gee, if I get stressed or fearful, my breathing gets fast and shallow. If I feel peaceful and creative and harmonious, my breathing comes from deep in my belly. Now, I do a lot of seminars, Scott, and I ask who knows this, and at least 95% of any audience knows that. My next question is how many of you notice your breathing 30, 40 times throughout the day and make the choice to actually return to the belly breathing? and maybe two hands out of 200 will go up. Mm -hmm. So there's a basic skill that everybody knows, and they say, oh, ho-hum, breathing. I've heard about breathing. Yeah, how about actually doing yes. it? Yes, yes and, and we think and we're body. doing it. We, we think we're doing it, but the actual awareness of remembering when we're not conscious of it. Oh, listen, when I'm laying on the massage table, then variably and don't forget to breathe, Scott. I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> how long has it been? A few universes. Well, we're going to take a short break. You can catch your breath if it's running away. <laughs> Retrain yourself to keep it with you. This is Wisdom Radio and Cluthian Company. Our very special guest is Joan Borsenko. I'm here with Claire Applegate, my co-host, and you stay with us on Wisdom Radio. We'll be right back. Martinez and I'm eight years old. 
Sinuses, like when somebody is walking and somebody pushes them down, you could like help them and say, "Will you please not push my friend down anymore?" Kindness is when you help some something that they don't know how to do. If you do kind to others, they will do that back to you. The world will be a more beautiful, happy place. Never know when one kind act can change a life. Visit wisdommedia.com for kind words and kind ideas. A time for renewal, a time for kindness. The new idea in talk, Wisdom Radio. Wisdom. Wisdom Original Radio. Listening to Cluthy and Company on Wisdom Radio. Call 1 800 655 2112 or send email to Scott Cluthy at wisdommedia.com. Here again, Scott Cluthy. We're so glad you're with us today. We're live from the International Wellness Conference in Galveston, Texas, at the Moody Gardens. And this is Scott Cluthy along with Claire Applegate, joined today by Joan Borisenko, and uh, Joan is really one of the leading experts on stress, spirituality, and the mind-body connection, and uh, has a new book, Inner Peace for Busy People, 52 Simple Strategies for Transforming Your Life. We were discussing really catching your breath, or maybe staying in touch with your breath, Joan, so important that is, uh, but also one of the absolute uh, basics that is something that has taken a while for me to ingrain in this this. Uh, mind body relax and be more productive that's actually the first point in the book but just that alone is a point that can bring so much more you know just a sense of peacefulness in your life mm-hmm. relaxing to be productive well that's right because most people feel like gee if i relax i'm going to get out of the rat race i won't be productive and i'll fall behind and when i ran the mind body clinic when i was at uh, harvard I had a lot of executives coming in and, you know, maybe they'd had a heart attack or a brush with cancer or something like that. And the last thing they wanted to do was come to a clinic to learn to relax because Mm -hmm. they all said, I'm going to lose my edge. I won't be able to compete anymore. And it was really interesting for me to see that as soon as they realized that there is a relationship between stress and productivity, and it turns out they're right. Uh, You need a certain amount of stress to be productive. It's just like, you know, we do better with deadlines. 
But at a certain level of stress, what happens is we become less and less and less productive. Right. And when they realized that they were working so hard that they were on the part of the of the curve, this is actually called the Yerkes-Dodson curve, where they were so stressed that their production had gone down. And if they would relax, they would actually be more productive. All of a sudden, they really opened up to the skills required for relaxation because there's the, there's the thought, I can be in my best self and do my best work mm-hmm. when I'm actually relaxed without losing tissue over it and burning my body up. I'd like to share a little story in relation to that. Um, just recently, uh, a number of people where I was working at the time uh, knew that there were going to be some layoffs. And some of the people were um, very busily um, with a lot of stress behind the energy that they were doing, trying to find out if they were going to be able to stay or should they be looking for other places to go and, and pounding the streets and doing all these things. And they would ask me, too, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I would say, well, you know, I'm going to do what I know how to do, and then I'm going to leave the rest to God. That's that's just mm-hmm. my way. That's how, how I think it's going to work for me. And uh, when it got down to where it was getting to the 11th hour, um, I put a prayer out, and I said, now, uh, I've done all that I know how to do. I've, I've shared that this is what I'm looking for, and um, I'm, I'm asking now for the guidance if there is more direction for me to go, and I'm leaving it in your hands. And then I laid down and took a nap, and I had a dream that I was talking to someone about a job. And when I woke up from the dream and I checked my voicemail, there was a message on there from somebody I hadn't even talked to about a job who was calling to offer me a job. (laughs) And uh, I called him back, and now I'm working for that new company. And so I felt as if all that time where I could have been stressing and I could have been worrying and I could have been pushing myself in directions that might have just drained my energy instead of been productive, um, instead, I made a different choice, and I know that that's a term you keep using. Yes, absolutely. Choice to be aware of other choices. That's a great story. Mm-hmm. It really is. That's the old "let go and let God." Mm-hmm. But your intention was strong. You knew what, what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You put things in motion, then you let go of it. Yes. And that's a that's a great strategy. And I don't think you know we're not really saying do nothing, just leave. No, I, it's yeah. not about do nothing. That's right. Yeah, you can't. What was clear? Claire, <laughs> was doing what you knew to How do, to do yes. and what you were yes. drawn to do, too, I right. think is important. And the letting go and letting God is a big piece of the equation. And that has to do with, you know, we were talking about Loretta earlier. That's, I, I, was, I knew this would come back around mm-hmm. about her being a controlled control freak, like controlling, you know, what, what are we going to do? Putting on the horns, <laughs> putting mm-hmm. on the horns, and she put about controlling it, you know, to 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 try to determine the outcome which i know i've done plenty of that is to not allow for the greatest good necessarily to manifest in other words when i let go and learning to let go and let god more often than than not the result is greater than the decided upon outcome that was going to be the one well that's right you know we we do live in a society where the paradigm of causality is you do thing a and it causes thing b and that things work in a linear way. But there's a different way that things can work. Every time I think about how healing works, I say, well, it's, mm. it's nonlinear. It's the yeah. emergence of something that you never would have imagined. 
And that comes from actually the, what I call the creation of the field. And the creation of the field is coming to inner peace. And once you're in that sense of inner peace, you feel in harmony with something greater, then unexpected things happen. It's there, there's room for the greatest good to manifest itself, and it's nonlinear. And it's greater than what you could have thought up with your limited mind. Mm -hmm. That's just it. And that, the thing about healing at all levels is that it's always surprising and delightful and unexpected. And you realize, huh, maybe I'm not the doer after all. Oh, yeah. That something, something larger than my individual self is involved and if, of course you know I'm not saying you're not involved because your will and your intention are definitely involved but you're a partner with something larger. A co-creative partner yes. right? <laughs> not having to know all yes. the answers and what the finished product is of exactly. your life and that, that I tell you for a lot of men anyway that, that that's a great challenge but it's a wonderful as you say the, 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 uh, the people you've worked with the executives and so on learning to work with less stress is also about you know that the outcome will present itself but they don't have to have all the answers as they move through the business day through this business negotiation through this whatever and so allowing each the next step to reveal itself right is, that's, <laughs> that is so you know it's it's very it, it's like you know Joe, it's like when you start to let go and let that happen to let the next step reveal itself and then it happens and you go mm -hmm. oh well, that's an interesting coincidence. And then you let <laughs> exactly. it happen again, and then a month later you notice that you're letting it. You, I don't have to. Con well, let's yeah. see where this goes. And then it happens. Well, is that what they call synchronicity? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's a year later, and you're going, well, that's mm -hmm. the way I do things now, is yes. I let them reveal themselves. And it's amazing. I do what I do, Claire, mm -hmm. like you were saying. I, I choose, you know, who I am, what I want to be, what, what I'm going for, or whatever. But I don't have to know all the answers. It's it's very much like the creative process of writing music, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. like starting at the beginning. You can't finish it. You know, you've got to let it go and then see where it goes. And that's being a, a creative, a co-creator and partner in life, allowing life to partner with you. That's right. <laughs> letting go of the control. And that seems to be such a such a a, a gift we give ourselves. You know. Well, it is. It is a tremendous gift, and it's. You know, most people, I think, don't know how tightly they control things until they lose control. Mm. And sometimes that's why we grow so quickly when there's been a challenge or a crisis of some sort, because it, it challenges us. We can't control anymore. We know we have to step back. And, you know, it's the same thing with inner peace. We don't realize how valuable it is until we've lost it. Mm. And then you realize no. what could be more valuable. It's the single most important mm. thing in life because then whether you're rich or you're poor or you're sick or you're well or whatever is happening, if you've got inner peace, you've got everything. And, and I, I think it helps to recognize what peace is. And one of the things that you have said peace is is patience. Patience is <laughs> That's peace. That's right. That's right. When we patience. think of patience often, I, I can right. I can tell you a lot of people, their definition of patience is impatience, stretched to the limit. You know, they're ready to eat you up, and the fact that they're holding themselves in check from homicide is patience. They're rewarding themselves for their patience, <laughs> right? They can't wait to get at it. Truly, pa <laughs> patience is a whole other thing. Patience is really mindfulness. It's the, en the enjoyment moment by moment mm -hmm. of what is. Instead of saying, yeah. well, 
there's no possibility for joy in the present moment. So I'm going to orient wow. myself toward the future, or I'm going to review all the things that made me miserable in the past. Mm. Instead is the sense, hey, patience is enjoying whatever it is happening right now at this moment. But that something you said, Joan, make, makes me think about mm. uh, impatience is really uh, uh, impatience stretched. Some people's version of patience is waiting for you to muck it up so then they can <laughs> fix it. That's the control. It is. Uh. Their version of patience is, well, okay, let's see what you do. You know, instead of really trusting mm -hmm. or allowing or empowering the other person yes. to, to, to go ahead and move through their, their learning is to, well, until you trip up and then I'll fix it. Mm -hmm. And that's part of that control, you know, stress, controlling, you know, impatient model that we've, you know, we sometimes just grow up in. We don't even yes. realize who we're being. But the, but the breakthrough can be a 911. Mm, a call to 911. Right. Yes. You know, crisis is opportunity. That's mm -hmm. right. So, so the crisis is many times seems to be life's way of propelling us to change. You know, it has been for me. I think it has been for many of us. And you know, during the years that I worked in a hospital, uh, most of the people who came to me were having a crisis. They were having a health crisis, and it was exciting for me because there was really a willingness to look at life to say okay, what's really important? Just the same thing that happened at 9-11 when people said, hmm, life is uncertain, life is unsure. What can we learn from this? What can we do? What do we really value? Are we living our lives in a way that really coincides with our own heart's knowing? Hmm. And that, that's a, a really delightful thing to be able to work with people when they're in that state. It is the gift we give ourselves too take the time to find out when we start mm -hmm. to value what's really important around yeah. here. My life, my family, my relationships, my religion, my spirituality, my community. That's it. Faith, family, yeah. and friends, because that's where the love is. We'll be back with more. It's Joan Borsenko on Wisdom Radio, Cluthy and Company. This is Scott Cluthy along with Claire Applegate. And stay with us, won't you? You're listening to Cluthy and Company on Wisdom Radio. And we're very glad you're with us today. This is your host, Scott Cluthy, along with my co-host, Claire Applegate. And our special guest in this program is Joan Borsenko, the author of the new book, Inner Peace for Busy People, 52 Simple Strategies for Transforming Your Life. And by the way, she has a great website. You can tap right into it and find out all the information you need to about Joan, her work, any workshops, any work she's doing, any presentations and more, and it is joanborsenko.com, and that is B-O-R-Y-S-E-N-K-O, -E as if you didn't know already. It's hard to spell. I thank you for doing that, Scott. <laughs> and uh, Claire, I think you, you had a, a point you wanted to raise with Joan. Yes, I do. Joan, you know, I think if a busy person were to go out and pick up your book right now, you know, somebody who's used to being very busy, and they look at this and they go, oh, there's 52 simple strategies in here. I better start getting busy <laughs> with some of these things that I can do to get inner peace for my busy life. And one of the uh, pieces in here that you talk about that really addresses that kind of, of thought when someone would pick up this book is focus on making small changes. That's right. How many times have you watched somebody, or maybe you've done this yourself, Claire, they say, okay, that's it. 
I'm going to start an exercise program. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to get physically fit. I'm going to reduce my stress. And I think I might as well become a vegetarian while I'm at it. By Friday? And by Friday. <laughs> That's it. It was like this old line, I think, of, you know, in the Mary Tyler Moore show. And Rhoda came in, and she said, boy, I've got a date at 8 o'clock. i got to lose 30 pounds by that time. <laughs> What happens is that people bite off more than they can chew, and then, you know, it just ends up trashing your self-esteem when you really can't get that done. And the best way to change is in really tiny increments, really small steps. And there's no question, there's a story in Inner Peace for Busy People that a very dear friend of mine, Janet Quinn, tells about being on a road in the outback and there's a camel in front of the bus and they keep honking the horn and the camel won't move, the camel won't move. And what she realizes is they're watching this camel go down one road with infinite wilderness all around it. Is if the camel would change its course one degree, soon it would have limitless space in which to wander. And that's all we need to do. If you make a one-degree change in some area of your life, it is amazing how soon you'll be in totally new territory. So if you did just the decision to say, I'm going to be aware of my breathing, that I'm just going to switch my breathing from stress breathing to peaceful breathing, if you did that one thing, it would change your life tremendously. Let's talk about um, when the people in your life you know, you do a little inventory and find out that the people in your life, maybe your significant other or people you work with, seem to be the source <laughs> of most of the stress and unhappiness you're discovering. You know, it's like you've checked yourself out and you yes. say, you know, that, that one degree change sometimes mm -hmm. may also be 180 degrees well, when you realize what's going yes, on. Yes, because sometimes it leads to that. And, you know, one, one of the dangers of being too good at being managing your own stress sometimes mm -hmm. is it makes you, if anything, too tolerant to difficult situations around you. And mm -hmm. so you don't leave the job that's toxic to you as soon as you might, or you don't leave the relationship or change the friendships, because that is true. That stress... Every human being has a certain amount of energy, and it's up to you. It's your choice to know where to spend that. And if you're pouring a lot of your right. creative energy at work into a system that's so sick that it really won't allow you to do things, yeah, things you're, you're better off to leave, and it's the same it. with a relationship. Yeah, and, and a lot of people find that their relationship is the toxicity that's they didn't right. know, but it's the, you know, the negativity perhaps they're surrounded with or the lifestyle choices that they don't support or believe in but they're tolerating yes and we can be really good people and be really nice men and women and tolerate a lot in the hopes that somebody else will change it's one thing for sure is we can't change anybody else we can help they change but we can't change them no we can't we can't. I always say to people when they say, oh, if I just love this person enough, they'll change. You know, fat chance. <laughs> um, what do you uh, would like to share with people? We talked about the basics of breathing, small changes, and so on. What about uh, uh, changing their life path? That's something a lot of people are looking at now when you're choosing. Uh, where do we start to begin to change our life path if we find that the work we've done maybe has been out of a sense of duty or something we've done just because it's a job? Um, 
there comes a time where we have to start to choose to do what draws us. You know, the work you're doing now is not yes. the work you were doing at Harvard. No, and certainly it wasn't. Is, is, this is alignment with who mm -hmm. you are. Mm -hmm. No, I say the most important thing about changing your path is to find your center. When you're in your center, then you recognize opportunity when it comes. Uh -huh. When you're in your center, you're part of that field out of which synchronous things arise. And one of, the, one of the most important things I think about finding our center, Scott, is that we do it best in community. What we all need are like-minded others. And we can, you know, in the context of a community, work together toward things, uh, share what's important, uh, create new things, pray together, whatever it really is. But when, when I left Harvard, that was the first thing I did. I said, I've got to have community and mm -hmm. in in my case i just started a women's group and we got together every week for really about five years and very remarkable opportunities to change my life path came out of that because the shared intention of coming together to support one another in community created that field of wonder and oneness out of which miracles happen. We talked earlier about the healing power of music, how music is a great avenue for both bringing us together uh, internally, for bringing the self together, for getting centered as a, as a way of uh, kind of renewing ourself. And what about uh, the making of music and the creative expression? Oh, it's fabulous. I think everybody needs some way to create. Some people love music. I'm actually learning to play the piano again after many years. I'm back to playing Tchaikovsky. But not everybody is called upon to create music like that. Uh, but some people need to create through dance, need to create through art. But when we involve our whole body in the creative process like that, that's such a great way to come to inner peace. And this is really what the title of the book and the intention is, Inner Peace for Busy People, 52 Simple Strategies for Transforming Your Life. And each of these uh, uh, strategies has a story or some share in it that moves us closer to uh, having our life work for us. Um, Claire? Yes, there is a, uh, an area in the book where you put some attention to kindness, random acts of kindness, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, and I was so happy to see that you included that as a strategy for inner peace. Will you explain how that works? Absolutely. When you find that you're being kind to another person, what that does is it opens your heart. And when your heart is open, you feel like you're at peace. Mm -hmm. And so, if you... Oh boy, a big announcement <laughs> coming. <laughs> it's the big guy. Sometimes when I think about all of these strategies, about kindness, about changing time, about breathing, about all these other things, it reminds me of really something in the New Testament when Jesus was saying, you have to put the kingdom of heaven first, and then everything else will be added on to you. Mm -hmm. And you have to think, Claire, what is, what is the kingdom of heaven? It's that place of peace. And what happens in the place of peace? We're compassionate, we're empathetic, we're kind to one another. Yeah. And so when we practice those acts of kindness, we put ourselves in the kingdom of heaven, and that's what we've been talking about. Everything else is added. That's when you know what you need to do about your relationship. That's when just the right job comes up for you. And 
that's a it's a hard thing for people to understand in this society that whatever goal you're seeking if you put inner peace first all the rest will be added to you you have a, a an inner peace kit as resources in the book because people do learn and absorb differently they do some are auditory some are visual learners can uh, kinesthetic and so on so there are other resources that uh, you have a cd out right I with do. music so that's available and what's the title of the cd again inner peace for busy people we well, kept see, it simple see how that fits there's a uh, synchronicity there that's just amazing <laughs> uh, you have an audio program people can also hear the strategies yeah and you know you hear more commuting. than the strategies because i did a public television special on inner peace for busy people so they get that whole one hour lecture from public tv Beautiful. plus my reading a lot of the different strategies it's a three-hour tape you know there's always so much more when we go back and allow it to, and review uh that we find that it's there for us you know yeah and letting it come forward mm -hmm. and uh and of course the book itself it's published by hay house terrific uh, book and it's it's what's nice is it's very digestible, very digestible. that's one of the designs of it i know yes. is to make it easy for us so we can work with maybe one each week or each day or whatever and yeah, let and get it together and with a with group it. of friends work work on them together and that way they really take root well i think that that's an idea for more community mm -hmm. we oftentimes find ourselves busy in a world with millions and millions of people but don't have a close at the end of the day do we have a close community we can draw upon and work with and you know and remember too so that this valuable. community is something that if if you are just at a point where you're still meeting new people etc and you have old friends in another city that you haven't connected with in a long time the telephone works too <laughs> does telephone. the telephone does and the internet mm -hmm. works too mm -hmm. oh, very yes. good so use those resources for relationship building our very special guest joan borisenko joan thank you so much for being on cluthian company you're welcome scott Thank you, Claire. Thank it was you. really fun to talk to you, Thank be you with you much. both. Absolutely. Look forward, published by Hay House, and we'll take, uh, look forward to you, uh, uh, take you out now by reminding you that be, ca be kind and, and, and just love your life out there, folks. Yes. From the International Wellness Center uh, Conference in Galveston, Texas, we'll be with you again on Wisdom Radio. Stay tuned for more great radio. Peace, everyone. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.